Hi, everyone. I'm Michael Zerner. I'm managing partner at We Family Offices. Thanks for listening into our podcast. I'm joined today by Sam Sugami, our Director of Macro Investment Strategy. And Sam and I are going to spend a few minutes uh, talking about the fixed income markets. But first, we'd like to really uh, set the stage. And let me begin, Sam, by asking you to just give us an overview of where we uh, seize the macro investment climate and how that translates uh, into capital market you know, actions and investment actions in client portfolios. Good morning, Michael. Thank you very much. So overall, we're becoming more uh, cautious on global markets. And this is as U.S. recession risk has started to rise. And we think that a recession could occur later in 2023 or early 2024 due to the lagged effects of the Fed interest rate hikes that began a year ago and then the associated tighter bank lending. So right now, we've seen a broad number of economic statistics, for instance, the leading index of economic indicators that are turning negative, and the yield curve has become inverted. We're also seeing service activity starting to slow, and manufacturing is contracting. And as a result, as the economy starts to slow, we've become you know, a little bit more cautious on economic risk. I I understand that, Sam. And is that really a U.S. capital market phenomenon, economic phenomenon, or are we seeing uh, either the same or different trends outside of the U.S.? It is somewhat mixed. In, In China, for instance, China's reopening after COVID. Consumer spending is increasing. Business spending is increasing. There's more supportive monetary and fiscal policy. So China's economy is starting to snap back after its COVID slowdown. In Europe, the European economic statistics have been surprising on the upside. We started to see a lot of European data come in much better than expected. European activity indices are doing quite well. But keep in mind that the European Central Bank is acting in delay of the Federal Reserve. The Fed acted first. It acted about a year ago. And as a result, the U.S. cycle is more advanced than in Europe. But ultimately, we think Europe will also start to slow down as the U.S. is. I think in a future episode, we can uh, talk a little bit more about what this all means for the equity markets and for international markets. But today, I'd really like to focus us on the fixed income markets. And the reason is, is because, you know, a lot of the commentary, including ours, uh, has suggested for some time now that given the hike in rates over the last year, there is uh, an opportunity in the fixed income or bond markets, which is a real difference from what happened last year when you know the fixed income and bond markets uh, were significantly negative on the back of aggressive interest rate hikes. So let's start. Maybe if you could just give give us some context on on why we and others think there's an opportunity right now in the fixed income market. So right now, there are certainly very good opportunities in fixed income. In fact, there are better opportunities now than we've seen over the last few years. And the reason is, over this past year, the Federal Reserve has been raising interest rates. And that has now made interest rates more attractive. We see that fixed income, particularly in investment grade, is now finally offering income. The yields have become quite compelling. So in one year, Yields went from, call it one and a half percent to four and a half percent in one year. 
investment grade is also acts as a counterbalance. In other words, it provides a flight to quality as the economy weakens. It's important during a growth shock. And as a result, you have both the income that it's offering, the flight to quality, which is becoming more important as the economy continues to weaken and as inflation starts to fall. That's why we think fixed income, particularly investment grade, has become much more attractive. So Sam, to me, that sounds like there's both an offensive and defensive you know, rationale for investing in fixed income. Offensive to be collecting coupons that were un- unthinkable uh, a year ago, or it, maybe even in the last five years to 10 years, and defensive, you know, investing into uh, potentially a recessionary environment and falling capital markets. Definitely, because it offers that income, but it also provides that counterbalance to equities. So as the economy continues to weaken, equities become more volatile. Fixed income investment grade particularly becomes more attractive. Ultimately, you know, the Fed could start to lower interest rates at some point. If an economic recession occurs at that point with yields coming down, bonds hold their value very well. Let's talk a little bit about interest rates and let's talk about something called the yield curve, right? Which, which is a technical term, but basically tracks different interest rates at different maturity levels. And right now there's a lot of talk about an inverted yield curve. Maybe you can explain what an inverted yield curve is, why there's a lot of talk about it and how that should affect investors thinking uh, about investing in fixed income. The yield curve is extremely important in fixed income investing. And we're at a state right now, which it's called an inverted yield curve. That means the shorter end is higher than the longer end. It is a classic sign of a recession that will come in the future. Sam, when you say the shorter end is higher than the longer end, give me an example. So a, t- a treasury bill, which might be two or three months, what, what is that yielding plus or minus? And then how do you, what, what's the difference with the long end? So that shorter end is in the, around 4% at the very short end. We classically use two-year interest rates versus 10-year interest rates. So two-year interest rates are about 4%, and the 10-year is at about 3.5%. So that goes to show this inversion, because the market believes that over the longer run, the Fed will have to pull interest rates down. Right now, in the shorter term, the Fed is raising rates higher. There is a belief, and the Fed has been commenting on this, that it is likely that at the May uh, FOMC meeting, the Fed will raise rates by 25 basis points. And that gets reflected in that shorter end. But as time goes on and the economy weakens, the market believes the Fed will have to lower interest rates. So the longer end is falling, the shorter end is rising. And that's what gives to this inversion. So what is what, what's a fixed income investor to do? I mean, on the one hand, right, one could pick up, you know, higher than 4% yield in a treasury bill, right, in a, in a very short dated treasury bill. On the other hand, you have the risk that when that treasury bill matures, interest rates will be lower. Uh, so so how should an investor be thinking about, you know, investing in, in treasury bills or fixed investment grade fixed income in the time of an inverted yield curve? So if one invests in the shorter end, they get paid well. So 4% range in shorter treasury bills, in money markets, it's a good place to hunker down and get income while we wait. So as time goes on, that 
go shorter and will mature and then will have to be reinvested at the new levels uh, at that point. But buying it at the short term also buys you time. It allows you to wait for this recession to pass through and then use that money to seize new opportunities. As with many things in investing, Sam, it's never all or nothing. And would you would you recommend that as investors think about their portfolios that yes, for the, the cash that they need in the next 12 months, right? Investing in very short dated liquidity, right? You'll be paid uh, nicely for it. But if you think more about a long-term portfolio, how should an investor be thinking about sort of spreading uh, their risk across that spectrum of the of the bond market? So it's very important to take a look at the longer term because that is the horizon where capital is accumulated. When we look at the longer term opportunities, we think, for instance, in high yield credit, the yields are pretty good now. But as a recession emerges or the economy starts to weaken further, credit risk can start to rise. But that is the point that presents uh, a more attractive entry point. As we look through the horizon for something more spicy or higher yielding, if we wait longer, better opportunities to enter will emerge. So right now, staying short term, staying high quality uh, and staying investment grade really is a place where we would recommend investors uh, stay in the fixed income markets. That may change in the coming months as we get more clarity about the Fed's direction, uh, about the pace of inflation, about you know uh, any kind of recession. But for now, short and high quality. Definitely. So playing it safe right now makes sense because you get paid to play it safe right now. Okay, Sam. So, so I hear you stay short, stay high quality. High quality often means U.S. government obligations. Um, can we just end by talking a little bit about, you know, what we're, looks like we're in the early stages of, which is a potential default because Congress uh, and politics in Washington don't uh, organize themselves to increase the debt ceiling in time for the, the U.S. government to meet all of its obligations. Tell us your thoughts on that. So this is a significant event risk. The U.S. went through the same event back in 2011, and through the political showmanship, an agreement was reached, and the U.S. government made good on all of its obligations. We're back in 2023, and the debt ceiling continues to be an issue. We think this is a significant event risk. The belief in the markets right now is that an agreement will be reached. However, we still have to keep our eyes on the potential, as low as it may be, that they will default. If they default, it would be a serious volatility event for all assets. But ultimately, an agreement will be made. The road will be rocky. There will be a lot of volatility. But the U.S. government will make do on its obligations. Okay. So I hear you that, you know, the likely outcome may be lots of volatility, but ultimately, you know, make good on the fixed income investments. That takes me to a question about, you know, how to invest in, you know, short-term fixed income securities. Uh, is it best to do it through a fund? Is it best to do it through individual holdings, you know, a U.S. money market? I mean, give us your thoughts on on implementation given the overhang of, of a debt crisis in the U.S.? So you could play it both ways. And if you have the comfort of buying a bond and leaving it there till maturity, and it'll ultimately be paid, 
that's a good way to sleep well at night. But one can also entrust that money in the hands of skillful managers who can try to work their way through the situation to find opportunities as they emerge. Because the volatility will also create opportunities, good entry prices for the future. So it really depends on what makes you more comfortable. Both ways work very nicely. And as always with with investing, you know, having a mix of things in one's portfolio, both to capture upside as well as manage risk, uh, makes sense. Okay, Sam, thank you. That was uh, that was you know really helpful. Starting with our overall macro view, leading into fixed income, and then specifically, you know, why it makes sense within fixed income to a have exposure, right, both short, medium, and long, but but really be focusing on short term, high quality fixed income securities in the face of what looks like could be you know a really difficult market environment in the coming three to six months. Thank you, Michael. 